We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. Uh, 2017 was definitely a year of tragedy. Uh, We woke up almost every single morning, it seemed, and there was another headline about a natural disaster, uh, a national tragedy, an act of violence. Uh, We go through these similar feelings each time. There's despair, there's fear, there's even some sense of, man, how do I find hope in this. And just when we're done grieving that headline, it gets worse. We wake up the next morning and we see something that seems almost, if not more devastating than the one before. 2017 has been one of those years. And I think it gets personal for all of us. I know for me personally, my dad almost died this year. He didn't die. But I prayed over people whose parents did die, uh, people uh, in our church whose marriages came to an end. They fought for it. They prayed for it. And it could not be held together. I mean, you have these stories. I have these stories. I I remember uh, the Sunday after the shooting in Texas, coming home from church, I, I opened up my news application And I saw that that very morning, uh, while we were worshiping together, uh, that this group of people in this little town in Texas, in this little church, went to church that morning uh, to experience the presence of God, to experience the community of believers, to worship together, and they didn't know that 26 of them would die. And the ones that survived that tragedy uh, would be dealing with that and the trauma of that for a long time afterwards. Uh, I just thought, wow, like, how in the world do I process this? How, how do I deal with this? And I have a feeling that, that everybody felt some similar feeling. You know, we, we deal with tragedy differently. Uh, sometimes we'll deal with tragedy uh, with shock, I know there are times where I feel like the rug has literally been pulled out from underneath me, uh, emotionally, mentally, uh, sometimes even physically. Sometimes when I am watching something, whether it is some distant place in the world, it hits me almost at a nauseous level. I know sometimes uh, we get angry when we see these things, especially these acts of violence. We get angry at the perpetrators. Not only that, we get angry at, you know, how could this have not been prevented? How did they not know that this was going to happen? Uh, We get angry at the system. Uh, When natural disaster happens, we get angry. uh, How come uh, they couldn't prevent this? How come we didn't get these people to safety? Um, After it happened, you know, why wasn't there enough relief uh, for these people who were left in the aftermath. I mean, we, we experience these different emotions. Sometimes we try to distance ourselves from tragedy. We know that we should feel something. We know that we should say something. 
And so what we do is we give these cliches, we, uh, we put these platitudes out on our Instagram or our Facebook that just sort of says, I know about this, I know I'm supposed to care about this, but I really want to remain distant from this. And sometimes we just want to do something. You know, it's like, okay, I want to raise some money. I, I want to send uh, supplies to this place. I, I want to go to these people. I, I want to participate in a vigil. I, I, it, if there's a protest, I'm in. We want to do something. The question that we have to ask, though, is how do we process tragedy? How, how, do, we do, how do we grieve the right way? Uh, how do we respond the right way? How, how do we pray? Because all of these different feelings sort of burst the bubble on some false assumptions that we have. Uh, one of these assumptions is that the world is basically good. It's like, okay, I know that is now not true, that I am basically good, that, that I am good, that even my intentions and my motives, uh, I, I can justify and I can normalize those things, and, and I'm good, and therefore, false assumption number three, because of one and two, bad things won't happen to me. And yet, they keep happening. They keep happening around me. They keep happening to people that I know, people who know those people, and then it gets even personal when it starts to happen to us. And all of these false assumptions once again become these straw men, and they, and they fall apart. And the reality is we have to learn all over again that the world is broken. The world's broken. The, not only is the world broken, but humanity is broken that there is evil, there is sin in the world, there is death in the world. And because of these two things, because of one and two, so tragedy is guaranteed to happen. And then we sit back and go, okay, if tragedy is guaranteed to happen, what is my response to that reality? How, How do I process that? Sometimes we process that with cynicism, and it's easy to go there. I, I, even people who believe and follow Jesus, e- even if you've gone to church all of your life, you can get in a place where you go, you know what, the only way I can respond to the fact that I cannot control and I cannot predict tragedy is just to be cynical about it, just to, just to make my heart cold and numb to it because I can at least say, well, yeah, I, I knew that this was gonna happen and, and I know that bad things always happen and that's, that's just what happens in the world and, and nobody can control it and nobody can predict it and you see it happened again and it happened again and that's my only way of controlling it is just to be cynical. Sometimes, though, we do what man has done all throughout human history and we try to appeal to a higher power. And, and, you know, in ancient history, you know, that higher power could have been the gods. Okay, the, the, the volcano happened because the gods are angry at us. The, 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 the tidal wave came in and swept out our village because the gods are not happy with us, and so let's do something. Today, though, in our culture, in our society, the higher power is, is the next government initiative. It's, it's the next system that we can build. It's the, the new piece of technology. It's the, the new vision for the future. And maybe, just maybe, if we can all get behind that, that we can control this thing, we can predict this thing. And what happens? It, it falls apart again. 
And it leaves us back to this question, especially those who believe and follow Jesus. And I believe a lot of you that are, that are here now, but also watching this from afar, you believe and follow Jesus, but there are people who might be with you who would say, you know what? I'm curious about this. Where is God in tragedy? You know, where, where, where is he in tragedy? Like, does he just let this stuff happen? Like, why, why do you believe this stuff? Why aren't you cynical like me? Why aren't you appealing to a higher power, not God, but something else? Why are you believing that somehow the God of the Bible, who you think is the one true God, is, is somehow a part of this? And if he's a part of this, what in the world is he doing? And in order for us to answer that, it rests on some assumptions that we have to make. Now, one of those assumptions might be that this physical world, if your assumption that this physical world is all that is important, that this is the pinnacle of your life and your value, that when we start to answer this question, you will, you will not be satisfied. You will not be satisfied because you will start to go, wait a minute, if this is all that there is, then tra- tragedy is still very empty to me. And you can point to this verse and you can point to that verse, but I'm just not buying that God is somehow in this tragedy for a good reason. But I hope that in this moment that you can shift either for the first time or for the next time as we look at the fact that God is in this and that he's always been in this and that human action and human events and human history are not out of his scope, that that he is very much involved in these things, that yes, the world is broken and we're broken and tragedy happens, but God is very much moving these things towards a culmination, towards meaning, towards a purpose, and that sin and evil and death are very much on his radar. And he has an answer for that that he's already given us. And it's an answer not only for the past, not only for the present, but it's an answer for the future. And that's where God is in tragedy. And we see this, the writer of Hebrews is in one place in the Bible where there are many places, he's speaking into this very thing. And he's, he's trying to say, hey, I, I want you to know this, this happens this takes place, but you, you have to know that human action, human events, and human history, that God is involved in what's going on. And when we know that, it changes the way that we grieve. It changes the way we respond. It changes the way we pray. Look what the writer says. Because God's children are human beings. God's children are human beings. We're, God's children aren't these angelic cloud-surfing beings. God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, made of flesh and blood that is fragile, that is flawed, that is finite, that is you and me. The Son, the Son, the divine Son who became the human Jesus, the Son also became flesh and blood, was born onto this planet Earth 2,000 years ago, lived a life where he went to middle school, right? He, he, he learned a trade as a teenager. He, he 
went to work. He, he struggled with all the things that we struggled with. The loss of relationships, rejection, people who were important to him who, who died. I mean, all these things. It's, it, it's very much a human life that Christ lived. Why? For only as a human being could he die. See, he came here not just to live, but also to die. Why? To die so, so that, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. What, what does he, he say? He says, look, what's the thing that gets in the back of your mind with this tragedy stuff? You start to realize, wait a minute, people died. And wait a minute, I'm going to die. I'm going to die someday. And tragedy, whether it's natural disaster or a national tragedy or, or, or an act of violence, or you, you fill in whatever it is that, that, that pushes your buttons, it reminds you in the back of your mind that you're made of flesh and blood. And that we live in this broken world and we're broken people and this is going to keep happening. And there's going to be a day out there where I'll die. And what the writer of Hebrews says is Jesus came to take the very weapon that your spiritual enemy bullies you with, intimidates you with, pushes you around with, keeps you in despair and hopelessness and bound by fear, he takes that weapon and he defeats it. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Man, that's good. That the, the, the he, he came... 2,000 years ago, to live, but also to die, and then to raise from the dead and to say to you and me, tragedy is not your end. Tragedy is not your story. Sin, evil, and death can no longer be your bully. I have taken care of that. There is a reason for it. God is moving in human history. He's moving in human action. He's moving in human events in such a way that changes the whole thing. In fact, Paul writes this to the church in 1 Corinthians. He says, for Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death, is death. Like this, this whole thing is pointing to what is it that goes bump in the night for you? What is it that, that makes you most scared? What is it that, that freaks you out the most and it's in the back of your mind, the things that we don't talk about at parties and it's like, hey, I am John, nice to meet you. Someday I'm gonna die and so are you. <laughs> and what what. God has done through sending his son Jesus is he says, look, I'm going to destroy that. And you can live this life not angry when tragedy happens, not shocked, not in 
in distancing yourself so you don't have to deal with it, not in, okay, well, let me just do something that really has, at the end of the day, little impact. What he, what he ultimately says is, I am going to bring meaning to this. God provides something. What does he do? He provides present meaning and future hope and tragedy. That's what he does. Present meaning and future hope. Right here, right now, this means something. You may not have all the math on it, but what you do have is the fact that God has, throughout human history, had his hand in everything that's going on. It's not out of his control. He is not surprised, and he's not flipping out. And you, in this moment, as you're, as you're looking at this tragedy that is either right there on your TV screen or right there in the room with you, you can know that there is meaning in this. There's meaning in this. And you can know that there's future hope, that, that not only is there meaning in this present moment, but, but God is doing something in you and through you that's going to bring hope to the future. And that someday, when you die, that it is not the end of you, that you will, like Christ, raise from the dead, and that you will be brought into God's forever family. Man, you walk around this earth and you keep remembering that, it changes a lot of things. It changes the way we walk. It changes the way that we talk. It changes the way we worship, right? Look, look, look at the psalmist says as he, as he gets his mind around this. He says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble, always ready to help. Why? Because he's not distant from it. He, he's not just going, yeah, I hope you figure that out. Hope, hope you grieve okay on that one. No, he is there. He's my refuge. He's my strength. So we will not fear when, earthquake, or when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. I don't have to go, where are the gods? Are they angry? No. No, no. God is true. He is one. And he is not angry with you. He just knows you live and I live on a broken planet in a broken humanity, and earthquakes happen, and mountains crumble. And this psalmist says, but I know he's there as my refuge and strength in that, that it may seem like he doesn't care. It may seem like he could have prevented all of this, but in reality, he's orchestrating meaning in it, and he's orchestrating hope because of it. Let the oceans roar and foam. Can you imagine getting to that place? Can you imagine getting to that place where you're just like, let the oceans roar, let the oceans foam. Why? Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Why? Because God is my refuge and strength in time of trouble. I'm just on that plane. I'm just in that place. And what happens when we have meaning in the present grief? What happens when we have hope for the future in that time? We can grieve authentically. We can grieve authentically. You know, we can, we can go into that moment and go, man, I'm sad right now. I really feel sadness. But I know I won't forever. You know? Like, 
I'm mad right now. Like, I'm, I'm angry that this happened. But that's not going to be my end. That's not going to control me because I, I know that I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid right now, but, but I know that God will be my refuge and strength. And I don't have to live in fear. I may be, I may be intimidated a little bit, but I know that, that death is not my end and death is not the end of this person that I love or those people in that church. I can, I can grieve authentically. And, and I think we need that. I think we, we need an authentic grief. I think sometimes we hold that stuff in because we don't want to feel out of control. Or we, we fall apart without meaning and hope. It helps us respond constructively. You know, when tragedy happens in our world, when natural disaster happens... Uh, we don't have to just throw on some banner on our Facebook that means little to nothing. It, uh, we don't have to just throw out these platitudes of thoughts and prayers. But we can actually speak into some things for people. We, we, we can actually start to say what the psalmist said. Hey, you know, God is our refuge and strength, and he's with us in this time of trouble. He is not distant from us. In fact, he's so with us, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live, to die, and to resurrect, to defeat sin, evil, and death for us. And, and you know what? You, you can find meaning and you can find hope in this because I have. And we can pray differently. We can pray with a, with a depth. We can pray in, in such a way that that moves mountains, that brings light to darkness, that helps people rise up from the ashes that they have fallen into. And can you imagine what would happen if we started to realize that God is in the tragedy and that he is bringing meaning and hope to it? I think that could start to change the world. And that's how I want us to pray right now. And so... I want you, if you are at home and you're watching this, I want you to gather in groups there in your home, in your living room. Uh, Maybe you're in a coffee shop, whatever. Uh, We're going to pray together, and I'm going to ask everybody in the room if you'll get with two or three people, and you can kind of circle up, and we're just, we're going to be led right now through just a time of prayer, and we're going to pray, we're going to pray through the promise that we just have learned in Scripture that God is our refuge and strength in times of trouble, that Jesus has defeated the biggest bully of them all, and that is death and the fear of death. And we can pray that into our world. We can pray that into our situation. Thanks so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus, and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentwoodchurch.org or visit our website, brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.